So we're going. Hang on, fuck this up. <laughs> yeah, you punch the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if I can just do that. Nope. Nope. All right. I think I'm. I think I'll be probably fine right there. Yeah. Welcome to today's episode of Talking Tech. My name is Freddie, and I'm joined today by Jordan. You might recognize our voices from the commercial tech line where we help technicians in need get through their day. If there's a question that you would like us to cover, please use the questionnaire or find us on the tech line at 1-800-662-3587 and on serviceconnections.org, both listed below. And as always, you can find Talking Tech on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Spotify, and Pocket Casts. Just search up Talking Tech brought to you by Whirlpool Corporation. Now, on today's episode, we're going to be. Now, on today's episode, I just freaking hit this thing. <laughs> now, on today's episode of Talking Tech. So, on today's episode of Talking Tech, we continue to discuss MYR or M, MYR and MYS Maytag commercial washers. This episode is part two of two. Just period. Right there. Done whatever i'm making this job so much harder for you right now yeah all right a little bit i'm just gonna start that for a new clip on today's episode of talking tech we continue to discuss myr slash mys maytag commercial washers this episode is actually part two of two if you haven't already heard part one i recommend you checking out uh checking it out by using our link in the notes as as a good foundation for the information that's that's to come Just the uh, today in part two, I'd probably pick it up there. I lost my thread. Form recommend, blah, blah, blah. Okay. If you haven't heard part one, I recommend you check out, you check it out using the link in the notes as there is some very good information in the technician notes that, uh, I keep losing myself. If you haven't already heard part one, I recommend you check out using the link in the notes as there is some, some very good information in there about the features of the MIR slash MYS Maytag commercial washer that will help us both the technician and the owners. Again, I'm just fucking, fucking this up left and right. That will help the technicians and the owners. Today is part two, and we're going to be focusing more on diagnostics components, access, and functions of the MYR and MYS commercial washers. Almost sounded like you said functions. Do you want me to redo that? It's fine. If, right. if it does sound like functions, I'll just cut it. I don't know why the fuck I'm like so stumbly right now. Blame it on the vents. <laughs> now, as technicians, we often walk into a service call with minimal information. Unfortunately, where do we get that information? So the end user... The end user usually gives that information uh, to the office and it more than unfortunately the end user gives that information to the office which is usually vague and then leads to vague paperwork so the question is as technicians how do we find the information we need to perform the proper repair now jordan i'm going to set up a quick foundation here right so when i'm in the field as a technician i always follow these simple steps first of all because we have vague information here and we really don't know where to go with it, the first thing I do is speak with the customer, whether that be a person in the laundry room, um, a superintendent, the laundry attendant, or anyone in there that might be more familiar with that room or those machines than I am. 
afterwards, I look for stored fault within the machine. This is going to give me the foundation to kind of validate what the customer or the attendant said. Then after that, I'm going to verify the complaint. After that, I'm going to verify the complaint. Once I verify the issue, then I'm going to do my diagnostics and then I'm going to uh, perform a repair. Those are definitely great points, Freddie. And the one that sticks out to me the most is about looking for stored fault codes because that is something that the machines do. They do kind of note down the fault codes that have been seen. And obviously, you know, not everyone there is going to know exactly what faults are there. So that's where we can actually head into our fault menu and check those codes that are stored. Now, to do so, we first need to enter service mode. Now, on the coin, uh, coin models of the MYR and MYS commercial washers, you would need to turn the left service key. On OPL, there's a little gear icon on the keypad that you would press, and this will put us into our like our service menu, so to speak. Now, when you're in any sort of service menu or navigating any program menus, there's going to be icons on the screen that tell you what buttons do what, whether it's you know go up and down or left and right. So we're going to basically just use those prompts to navigate the menu. So at that point, you would want to go down to where it says service menu, and then enter that menu. It's either going to be a check mark or the start button to enter. Once you're in the service menu, go down to Diagnostics. Again, hit Start or Check, whatever one you see. And then in there, we will see Fault Recordings. You would just navigate there and enter that menu. And you'll see a list of faults and the number of times they have occurred. All right, so basically we have a stored history in there that we could reference. Exactly. Right. That way, if you're going in blind, this can be kind of some insight into, okay, you're seeing this issue numerous times. Let me you know, focus my attention to that if no one knows what's going on. So now the important thing, as Jordan stated, right? So now we know where to find that. So now that we know how to, so now that we know where to find the codes, the important thing is to note that when you see an error, for an example, pressure sensor error, that doesn't mean that we immediately replace the ACU. In this case, this would be the input output board. The faults are a guide to then look into the failure when running the machine. So now that we have our fault codes, as Jordan stated, how, where, to, where we find those, uh, you know, we can't just really hang out there for a full entire cycle. So is there something that you would do in the field to speed up the process or test the machine or anything specifically that we could do or more? Now that is the question today. Can you clip that together to make it a little smoother? I'm just going to do that again. Do it again just in case, but I yeah. probably can. All right. So blah, blah, full cycle. All right. Do you want me so, to take this line? Sorry. Do you want me to take this line here? Like yeah, we talked that, about? Yeah. So just just flow. take it. Right. All right. I got it. So now the question is, is there something that you could do or would do in the field to speed up the process or test in the machine more specifically? Well, Freddie, uh, as the audience should know, if they joined us for our last podcast, we introduced something called the main control test menu that was found in the diagnostic menu. As it might sound, this main control test uh, basically allows you to test individual circuits and then from there, uh, turning different outputs on and checking the inputs. So basically... For those wondering how to get there, we're going to do the same thing we did before to get to the diagnostic mode. However, instead of going to fault recordings, we would go down to the option labeled main control tests. And in this menu, once again, you'll be able to lock your door, shut your drain valve, and then activate you know any output you need for you know, water, motor, anything like that. So, Freddie, is there any faults that come to mind that you know if you see this fault using the main control test may be advantageous? So the first fault that is going to come to mind here real quick is F32. without hitting the mic. So the first code here that's going to come to mind is F32. So F32 in an MYR slash MYS Maytag commercial washer is basically slow fill, right? 
So now slow fill could could be caused by dirty screens, low water pressure, debris holding up the drain valve. Um, and yes, it could just be a bad valve. Once we, once we have identified the code, once we have identified the code, you can enter the main control test, shut the drain valve and fill each cold water inlet individually. In the field, if you find a valve that is not filling at a good rate, that would signal the technician to investigate. On the other hand, if the water is filling in the basket, but the water does not hold, that would most likely signal or indicate to the tech that we might have some debris stuck in the gravity drain valve. Just because, the moral of the story here is just because the code indicates no fill. The moral of the story is just because the code indicates no fill doesn't mean that we always put that specific part, in this case, a water valve at fault. Well, yeah, another thing to consider is that what if all the valves were working, right, and we are, in fact, holding water at the bottom? Well, there's an actually, at the very bottom of the menu, there's a readout for the water level. So this is, of course, the board seeing the water level. So obviously, as the technician, you might see water coming in, then get a no-fill fall, and you're a little confused because you can see the water. But the big question here is, what does the control board see? Because the control board, at the end of the day, is the one making the decision. So at the bottom of that menu, you'll see water level. That'll show you what the board is seeing. And that's the big question that we need to know is what does the board see? Yeah, so Jordan, you've heard me say this over and over again, right? I, I always say the, the thing when, so Jordan, you've heard me say this over and over again. Usually when I'm talking to technicians, I, I always say perception versus reality, right? And this is what the input menu or the main menu lets us do. So what is the, what is the perception of the board? In this case, in this scenario, F32, the perception is that we do not have enough water. We have a slow fill. But in reality, my question to you is, what's the reality of the situation? Do we have water coming in? Is it holding in there? We could use the input-output menu to verify. Do we have water and versus what the board is actually seeing, which might be two completely different things? Yeah, Freddie, and this, this concept of perception versus reality is a good one because it applies to pretty much any error you could see on any machine pretty much ever, right? So... The, another one that comes to mind for me here is the C40 error, which is a locked rotor, or as I like to refer to it, a rotation fault. Uh, the C40 basically means that when we should have movement in the basket, as in like rotation or you know a high-speed spin, agitation, something along those lines, uh, the board did not detect the RPMs of the basket moving, so it didn't actually see the movement. So C40 can technically happen at the start of the cycle or really anywhere in between when we're calling for that drum to spin or move. So... We're going to focus a little more specifically on C40 at the start of the cycle. That way we can give a better foundation. So, Freddie, can you give kind of like a scenario where you saw C40 at the beginning, what you did or what you would do to diagnose it? Yeah, Jordan. So C40, right, is, it pretty much states locked rotor. That's The wording is a little funny there. As you said, it just really means no RPM. So a lot of people get kind of confused on what's going on. So I'm going to tell you a little story about what I had a customer call in to me um, that had a C40 there and we just kind of couldn't figure it out or you know that company couldn't figure it out but we definitely helped their, them work their way through it so in this customer they specifically replaced the motor and the motor so this customer specifically had replaced the drive motor and the inverter additionally they replaced the acu board in this case again the acu is kind of our ccu is our input output board which communicates with the inverter and sends send power out my first question was a simple one does the basket rotate I know that sounds really simple, but that's usually what I start with. The answer in this case was yes. So the next question is, does the board see the rotation? 
to verify this, we went into the main menu or the main output menu. We went into the, our controls and we went to go see if we saw RPM. In this scenario, the answer is no. So even though the basket was rotating, so that meant that the ACU was sending out power, the contactor was pulling down, the inverter had, had power, the motor was turning, everything was good, but the board, the perception, the perception of the board is we didn't have RPM, so it gave us a code of locked rotor or no RPM. So if the machine wasn't seeing the RPMs, but you obviously were physically watching it spin, can you kind of elaborate on how the machine is meant to detect these RPMs then? Because clearly to me, it sounds like that's where the error was, was wherever this is detecting RPMs from. Yeah, so for the machine to detect RPM, there is actually a rotation sensor located in the back of the machine behind the main pulley. This is a magnetically activated sensor like we've seen before. Uh, what this means is that there is a metal pulley, almost like a half moon, and on the physical pulley itself. And as the drum rotates, it passes by the rotation sensor and pulses the signal on the board. It so it actually does this continuously on and off, on and off to see RPM. In this case, the customer had all the brand new parts in there, including the board, but the RPMs still were not seen by the actual board, even though we have brand new parts here. Okay, so yeah, once again, to kind of circle back, it sounds like that's the sensor that's responsible, but rather than just obviously, you know, replacing it outright, is there a way we can delve in and diagnose the sensor or you know something else in between that's messing it up? Is there anything more specific we could look at? Yeah, absolutely. So these are really the usual steps after we set our foundation of looking at the main control test to see, hey, we did a, you know, do we see RPM? Do we know that the basket is turning? In this case, we didn't. So we went back to a foundational level, right? So the first thing is we went to our main control test, like Jordan stated before, and we closed and locked our door. Then we went ahead and we verified that the door is closed and locked. Again, what is the perception of the board? Yes, we know that the door is closed and the door is actually locked. After that, we scroll down to check tumble, right? So this is going to actually let the machine go um, basically agitate, right? In one direction or another for X amount of time. After that, we went and we want to see if the RPMs are being verified. In this case, we saw no. So we went back to the actual rotation sensor. Now on the rotation sensor, there is an LED light. Usually in this case, it is lit up when that sensor is broken. When the plate is in front yeah. of the sensor, yeah. So in this case, the light is actually on when there is when that plate passes by or is in front of that rotation sensor, right? And we actually had the LED light on. So the LED light is on, that means that the ACU is sending power down to the rotation sensor. But maybe in this case, that power, that signal is never, never making it back. So we pulled out a multimeter, we did a couple of checks. And what we found out was that the physical sensor was the actual problem, right? The, the sensor in the harness. So even though the ACU, or in this case, our CCU was sending power down to the rotation sensor, and we knew that because we had physical power and LED, and it was blinking on and off, that signal via the harness was never making it back to the actual board. So long story short here, we had a good ACU, we had a good motor, we had a good motor inverter, and technically the harness itself that delivered that message from the rotation sensor back to the ACU was bad, right? The road was broken somewhere in between, so therefore the board could not see it. Yeah, so this just seems to be like another example of where using a multimeter to try to diagnose the machine rather than just look at it, you know, take the fault for what it is and start throwing parts at it. 
ultimately would have saved time because obviously this was multiple calls in. You got involved. You found the issue with the assistance of the technician. And, you know, this was probably what, like their second or third time back? Yeah, it might have been their third time back by this point. You know, by the time you call me. Yeah, so this might have been the third time back. And by the time you call me, that means that, you know, the game on, right? We, we really can't see what's going on there, and they need a bit, little bit of our help. So, yeah, the long story short here. So, yeah, the moral of the story here is basically we used our input-output input output menu on our main control test to verify what the board was actually seeing. So even though we know we had a good motor, a good inverter, all the, all the supporting parts were there, the board still didn't physically see the, see it at all. So again, Jordan, basically it uh, doesn't matter if it's filling water valves, uh, so water level, RPM, uh, sensing motor rotation, whatever it might be, we could definitely use that, that menu there to assist us visually, and it definitely will cut down on our diagnosing time. It. Is there anything else you want to add? I think that's it. We're actually making decent time yeah. on this, even with all the errors. We're only at 17. All right, so that's it for today's episode of Talking Tech. Again, I don't have the closing here, so I'm just going to wing it. Yeah. All right, so that's it for today's episode of Talking Tech. As usual, Jordan, where can you find us? So you can find Talking Tech on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. Just search up Talking Tech, brought to you by Whirlpool Corporation. And you can also find us on serviceconnections.org, and that'll all be linked below. All righty. Till next time.